Welcome to the Transform Podcast. I am here with my bride, Daisy. Hello. And we are continuing a controversial subject on money and how does God want us to utilize our money. And the first three points that we hit on last time were God owns everything, money is about discipleship, worship with your money. But then today, what we are going to pick up on is kind of continuing that biblical positive spirit about money, Mm -hmm. and that is get that money. Mm -hmm. And get that money is a Genesis 2 concept, and that means produce. So isn't that interesting that you know, a lot of the things that we see people doing that are natural and good, such as work, that there's dignity to work, that there's value to work, that's Genesis 2. And if you're new to the Bible, what that means is that that is a part of God's original creation, His original intent and design and plan for humanity. Mm-hmm. It's not a part of the fall into sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, work is not a curse, but rather work is a blessing. Mm-hmm. Now, a part of the fall is going to be It's going to be rough. It's going to be harder. It's not going to just be easy. Um, But the point is this. We have dignity in our work. And so what does that mean? It means that we're to work a job. It means we're to work hard. It means we're to be ethical. It means we're to produce. And with that production, there's great usage in the kingdom and for our families and for our church and for our community Mm -hmm. uh, with that with those resources. Um, And then also, just a quick word to those who are uh, being lazy or being idle or uh, sitting on unemployment uh, too long, Um, I think that, you know, God is saying, hey, if you don't have a full-time job, finding a job is a full-time job, Mm -hmm. you know, and so you you get to spend your time now getting a job uh, because it's good. Uh, But now... I think most of our community has a job. Mm -hmm. And so when we say get that money, let's talk about uh, the layers of how that can be utilized. And I think it is provision for your family, Mm -hmm. provision for your church, Mm -hmm. and provision for your community. You know, and so those are some, some big things um, that we can do. And so when it comes to provision for your family, yeah, like if you have kids and you're listening, you have grandkids and you're listening, yeah, like be generous. Mm-hmm. And we've already talked about the paradigm changes that cause generosity, right? So the first is we are not here for ourselves, but we're here for God and his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, that nothing that we produce materially will be taken with us to the next life but rather it's all going to stay here. So how can it be a blessing to advance the kingdom of God? Um, And so we need to repent of our idolatry. Um, That's kind of the second point, is repenting of your idolatry of money. Mm -hmm. And then when you do that and you trust God, it's going to set you free to be generous. Mm -hmm. But I think with our our families, like that's that's a good thing to want to have money to give back. You know, Mm -hmm. there's it is expensive to live in this country, isn't it, it Daisy? Is. <laughs> so, uh, and it's a lot harder to buy, you know, a house today than it was back seventy years ago. And right, it's more accessible to people then. So I think you know we've heard about about grandparents who don't want to help, you know, support their children and grandchildren, and say, well, you have to do it on your own. And I think that's made me really sad to hear that because. What, what else is our money for other than to bless those around us? Absolutely. Like I heard the story of um, some, some parents who are now grandparents and 
they had a truck that's just sitting there mm -hmm. um, and instead of just you know even just giving it to their son at a good price or even as a gift my goodness if right. it's just sitting there they just said no and then he went into debt borrowing money on a truck um, and now he has more consumer debt and he has no money to invest for his children's futures mm. you know so it's like yeah. where's the what's what kind of paradigm is that i think that sounds a lot like last week we referenced dante's inferno mm -hmm. where there was a group of people who just wanted the money for themselves mm -hmm. to go on the next cruise and they were called the squanderers you know, that sounds a lot like the squanderers, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, and so we have four kids. So we have 15, 13, 9, and 3. Um, so that 15 and 13 age range is starting to feel more real. It's like, <laughs> oh my goodness, that means in three years, our oldest daughter will be an adult. Can you, like, embrace that? I think I'm still struggling with that. Yeah. <laughs> but that means that she's going to probably need some help, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Unless she just goes out and gets $100,000 worth of scholarships, she's probably going to need some help to pay for her tuition, right? Yeah. And so that's a good thing. Like, that's a blessing that if by God's grace I can help, I feel, I feel joy helping. Mm -hmm. And I feel happy to help mm -hmm. because I, I think... One, Jesus has changed my life and perspective, so I don't think I need it all for me. Um, and then two, God's given me a family to provide for. Mm -hmm. And I think also, I would say this, you and I have also experienced generous parents too. Yes, we have. It's been a great example to us. Right. And so can you imagine, like if your mom wasn't around to help um, you know, watch Judah, let's say, so that you can work at the Early Learning Center office, yeah. you know, on those days. Or, like, if she had a different paradigm, she could just say, too bad. Yeah. You got to figure it out. Yeah. You know, put him in uh, the preschool and, you know, pay a ton of money and mm -hmm. too bad. Yeah. Um, so when we experience generosity ourselves, mm -hmm. it also is eye-opening mm -hmm. because... When you think about this life, it's like, all right, there's hospital expenses. There's uh, your, you know, you got to take care of your property. There's maintenance and repair on your property. Uh, the other day, I got rear-ended on, I was just parking out on uh, Gilpin Street here. And, yeah. you know, somebody uh, just hit me. Yeah. And thankfully, they left a note and their insurance is going to pay for it. But it just shows just like, how many things can come up? Oh, it's constant. It's constant. So hard to plan for it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. So providing for your family, it's going to be real. There's going to be expenses. And so having money and having a generous heart, living with an open hand is good. Mm -hmm. But then also, what about giving to the church? Like, how have we grown over the years in our journey on giving to the church, Daisy? Yeah. I think, you know, we've just come to a decision early on in our marriage, like we're going to give this certain percentage at minimum. Mm -hmm. And we've committed to that, no matter yeah. what our income has been. And I think that has been a huge blessing to us in that it's helped us to not hold on so tightly to our money. And it's also, there's been periods where we have felt like, you know, we're, 
our budget is extremely tight right now and we don't have room for anything extra. I mean, if I wanted to buy a new pair of jeans, like we'd have to talk about that and make sure right. like, do we have enough money this month for a pair of jeans? And, um, and yet we continued to give to our church and to other organizations. And I just feel like I'm so glad that mm -hmm. we did that because even though money was tight, like God provided for us. We, we always had enough to eat. We always had a roof over our heads. We always mm -hmm. felt like, yeah, we don't have extra money to spend, but we're fine. God's taking care of us. And so it's, it's just having that, that open hand, like you said, of saying that God's gonna provide for us, therefore we have the freedom to be generous and to continue to give what we, our consciences tell us is a good amount to give back to the Lord and just to feel free and comfortable and um, content with that, not feeling like, you know, we owe God something and we have to keep up our end of the bargain, but no, feeling, feeling joyful and knowing mm -hmm. that our money is going to a good place. Absolutely. And I think early on, I think because God set us free from worshiping money to worship Him, mm -hmm. I think we felt free to obey. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so obedience is, all right, God says it, so let's do it, you know? And, and while it is an Old, Tens Old Testament principle, it is still a timeless principle in the, in the sense of proportionate giving. Mm. So we, we determined that even though we were going to school, seminary, I'm not making a lot of money, you're not making a lot of money, we're still going to tithe, even though we're students and we don't have a lot. And so even though we tithed, uh, we still, by God's grace and provision, graduated debt-free from a seminary that was expensive. Mm -hmm. And that's a testimony to God's provision. And then I think over the years, we've just kept on giving at least 10%. And I think mm -hmm. last, and this is just mainly a testimony to the middle class, um, but I think that when I looked at our taxes last year, I think it turned out to be 14% mm. is what we gave away mm -hmm. to charitable contributions. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was like, all right, we're still sticking with what we believe in. We're still doing what we're called to do. Um, and the, the blessing is being able to sow seeds with an open hand but then also hear about how those seeds have grown and borne fruit around us. Mm -hmm. And my gosh, I mean, when we look at what God has been doing in our church lately, mm. we're seeing a lot of fruit, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. We're seeing him giving us great people that are wonderful fits that I'm like, oh man, this is just such a perfect fit. This is exactly what I was looking for. Um, and I think that's a part of his hand uh, and his blessing. And just going back to what you said about us, you know, when you were in seminary. And part of the reason we were able to get through seminary debt-free is because there were some other people that were very generous to us. And there they, you, um, you know, gave a lot of money to help pay for your tuition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people we didn't even know that gave, gave you money. And it was such a blessing to our lives, but it's the same thing in that those people were sowing seeds that they didn't even know how that fruit would develop into the future. They, they couldn't mm -hmm. see your, you know, future career and how many, how many people your ministry would touch with the gospel, but they were planting those seeds way back years ago by saying, I am going to help 
a pastor gets started. And so it's just this continual um, chain of blessing that can continue from one person's actions. I think that's a testimony to the radical generosity in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So those people said, we are going to pay the tuition of a student to go to seminary. Mm -hmm. That's not our child mm -hmm. that we don't know. We've never even met. So we're, we're struggling with how we're going to pay for our own kids' tuition. And we're telling that people are saying, hey, you better get some scholarships, you better get financial aid. They're not only blessing their family, but they are blessing you know, others too. So I think that's a testimony of what God can do in his kingdom with the gospel of grace. Um, and then, all right, so there's provision for your family, mm -hmm. there's provision for your church, but then there's provision for the poor. Mm -hmm. Scripture, I mean, I think we have in front of us at least 30 Bible verses on giving to the poor, yeah. giving to those less fortunate. And so uh, this is something we're invited to do, that we're commanded to do. And there's some great organizations out there. There's Compassion International. There's World Vision. There's so many great organizations. And Jesus does not want us to just say, oh, well, uh, you're giving to those companies overheads or whatever. No, there's a lot of good companies or organizations that are not profit that are good stewards. And so don't just cop out. Do your research. Mm -hmm. Make sure the organization is legit. But then if they are and you believe in the cause and it's biblical, go for it. But there is so much. I mean, Matthew 19, give to the poor. In Acts chapter 4, verse 34, uh, there's the story of Barnabas who sold a field and then said, hey, I want to give this to the church so that the poor and the widow, and that day the widow didn't have social security, so he's like, I'm going to provide uh, the widows in our church with social security. Mm -hmm. So Acts 4 verse 34 says, there was not a needy person among them for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. So they said in our abundance, we're going to downsize mm -hmm. so that we can be a blessing to those who don't have a lot. And these widows um, in that first century Jerusalem culture, they were dependent on their men and then they also didn't have like I said before social security or retirement or all that um, so wow this is radical generosity and here's the thing there's a temptation for us to say this is first century crazy Bible Holy Spirit stuff <laughs> but I would say this like I've heard stories today of people downsizing so they can give to the kingdom mm, yeah or the concept of selling assets to give to the kingdom. Right. That's a very common thing yeah. for Christians to do because of our belief system. Right. So, all right. Now, here we go. Um, I think this is going to be a little bit more controversial, but that's good. And that's <laughs> this. Be mindful of debt. So yeah. that's, I believe, point number five right now. If you have listened to the first podcast and then this one. And let's, we, I think we first have to make a distinction. There's consumer debt, mm -hmm. and then there's mortgage debt. Mm -hmm. So now, when the Bible was written, it wasn't written at a time where there were mortgages to be able to know how that could be a positive thing. So it's all about consumer debt. Mm -hmm. And so let's just hit on that, because Scripture wants us to live within our means and live with that biblical paradigm of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. So when we do that, 
we don't have to have the next best car, right? Right. So like you're kind of a, a testimony. You're driving a 2004 Honda Pilot. Uh-huh. So you clearly <laughs> don't have the best. Uh, Daisy, do you have a cassette player in your car? You do. It, you don't use it. Uh, I think I do. <laughs> you have a CD player? <laughs> okay, I do have, have a, cas- a CD player. You have a I know CD that. player and a cassette uh-huh. underneath the CD player. Yeah. So It's a great car. You know, it's like, <laughs> but it's like, it doesn't matter, right? Gets right. you from point A to point B. Exactly. has four-wheel drive. It's an SUV. Yeah. It does what we need it to do, right? Fits all my kids. It fits your kids. <laughs> and there's a third row because we have four now. Um, but I guess my point is this. The kingdom of God leads us to live within our means and not overspend so that we can keep up with the Jones. And I think that there are some people, because they they haven't adopted the biblical paradigm, that they're in debt on their car, they're in debt on their boat, they're in debt on their sofa, they're in debt on their TV, they're in debt on their washer and dryer, because they think they need the next best thing but there's other wise ways what we, that you don't have to have that. Yeah. You don't have to have all that. Um, and then instead of paying interest on something that's not appreciating, mm-hmm. what if we put that same money into a mutual fund for three years and save the money first yeah. and then paid cash, yeah. right? And see, now we're ch- starting to think more biblically because I think, Daisy, we, we start to think too lightly about owing somebody money. Mm-hmm. And we start to think, well, like, uh, it's money that came from the sky. It's no. an easy thing to do in our culture with credit cards. It makes it seem very easy to have debt. Like, right. There's really no, no consequence other than you have to pay more money, but where did that even come from? Right. Psalm 37, verse 21. The wicked borrows, but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. Mm. You know, I think that that needs to be embraced because I think it's easy for, for people to get tempted to just say, oh, well, they're just going to be generous and cancel the debt at mm-hmm. some point. You know, and it's like, no, we need to be people of our word. You've agreed you're going to pay somebody back, even if it's an impersonal credit card. Mm-hmm. You got to pay it and stop accumulating interest and debt after debt after debt. It's just killing your future. Um, And then also I would say this, and then we probably got to wrap it up, is, uh, okay, so mortgage debt, it's better Mm -hmm. because you can, you know, deduct the mortgage interest off of your taxes. And then also you get some appreciation on that property and in our country, Uh, in the United States, there's going to be, over time, some appreciation. Even Mm -hmm. if there's a recession, it will come back, Mm -hmm. right? So, but what I would say is this, but even on this point, I think for those uh, those who are wealthy, there can be a temptation to increase your standard of living to the point where now you feel tight. Mm -hmm. And you have great wealth, but you still feel tight. Mm -hmm. Well, how come? How did you get there? You know, and so I guess the biblical paradigm would be to just, I mean, there's freedom in this, so I don't want to get legalistic, but I think to ask the question, uh, why am I doing what I am doing and how does it fit into the kingdom? And I think if we ask that question, there's going to be a lot of freedom and a lot of blessings and we can live uh, more guilt-free as followers of Christ. 
um, but then to just ask those questions because maybe we don't need multiple mortgages. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe yeah. that's not what God's calling on us to do. Yeah. Um, so any thoughts on mortgages or consumer debt or any of those points, Daisy? <laughs> so this is um, a good verse. Romans 13, 7 through 8 says, Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. So just really bringing it back to what the heart of the matter is, is like, what's the most loving thing to do in this situation? Mm. That's another question that we can ask as we are tempted to buy something, to take on debt, to make a financial decision. Like what's the most loving in this situation? What's the most loving to my family? And how can I love my community yeah. and my church yeah. through this decision? And maybe it's just a paradigm shift. So maybe that mountain home could be used for retreats for your staff mm -hmm. or the staff at your church, or it could be used as a retreat for the youth, or maybe your boat can be used for the youth to uh, have uh, some fun and to get away. There's always mm -hmm. uh, a kingdom yeah. usage, but it just takes a little bit of a kingdom of God shift. Right. Um, and then I think um, we're not going to go into budgeting. If you need help with that, we do recommend Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. uh, we do use mint.com. I think that's a free budgeting tool. There's also paid budgeting tools, but I think all of that is just for the purpose of consulting each other in your marriage. Uh, having boundaries and then counting, you know, count your money, yeah. be in control of it. Uh, but then our, I think our final point today is uh, the quote from Puff Daddy, the rapper, where he says, more money, more problems. <laughs> so if you uh, think that money is going to solve all your problems, uh, you're setting yourself up for a God that's not going to come through for you. Um, having nice things is great, but it doesn't necessarily bring joy. Mm. Joy is something deeper. And so if the Apostle Paul can be in jail and have nothing and have more joy than millionaires, mm. I think that that says something. Yeah. So let's go, let's not think money is our functional savior, but let's keep Jesus as our functional savior because he is, mm -hmm. and he's a better savior than money. Mm. And he will lead us to be generous and to be free and to do great things with our money because it's a tool that we can be, that can be used for good uh, rather than can be used for evil. The Bible does not teach that money is a sin. It teaches that the love of money is a sin. So if we love God first, we're gonna be set free to have an awesome life with money. So if you have uh, been blessed by this podcast today and you want to share it with a friend or a family member that also could benefit from this content, we want to encourage you to share or follow us. And then also, if you have uh, a question that you would like uh, to, for us to answer on this, we would love for you to submit it. And I think we're, we're running out of good questions, so come on, <laughs> send them our way. Hello at sjdenver.org is the email. We'll see you next time. Bye.